What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Junction podcast. My name is Andre, and I'm here with my buddy, Michael. And the central topic today is how to teach Jiu-Jitsu effectively if this is if you're new to teaching Jiu-Jitsu and kind of discussing its effects on your own skill development, both as a teacher and somebody who does Jiu-Jitsu. So, so that's a that's something that has been really interesting to me is how uh, teaching jujitsu has kind of brought me off a plateau. You know, um, I, I think I came to a realization maybe six or eight months ago that uh, if jujitsu is going to be a part of my life for as long as I'm able to do it, which I totally plan to happen, um, then at some point in time that's going to include teaching. Right. At, at, so, at some level. And I think everybody who is going to have a lifelong jujitsu journey, you're, you're going to spend a season, may not be the whole season, may not be a long season, but you're going to have a season where you're teaching. And that season could be as quick as just maybe you're doing some privates because you're, you know, really good at a few things and people want to learn to get better at, at a triangle and you're really good at triangles or uh, whatever it may be. But that's going to be a season at, at some point in time in your jujitsu journey. And I, I guess about six months ago, I had uh, I was sitting down with Jeff, the owner of our gym, and uh, you know I told him I said, "Hey, I'm uh, I feel like I'm at a plateau. I feel like I, I had, at that point in time there'd been a few months where I just I was not getting better, and everybody else at the gym was. And I was like, I'm at a plateau. I think that maybe changing my perspective and teaching a class would be really helpful. And I feel like that would help my help, help progress my game. And, and, and I have other life experiences that may, that, that, that are not jujitsu that I had similar, that I, that I had a similar experience in where I wanted to get better at something and that I was decent at. And so I started teaching at some, in some sort of capacity and it made me better. And I figured, Hey, maybe it'll do the same thing at jujitsu. And, and, and I think, I think it has, I think it has, I think it's made me a better jujitsu practitioner, long story short. Um, and, uh, you know, just to give you some background at, what my jujitsu level is like, uh, I'm okay at jujitsu. Like, like I'm, I'm okay. He's good at <laughs> I mean, uh, I started doing jujitsu and, uh, I started my martial arts experience started with kickboxing when I was in middle and high school. And then, you know, when I was 21 ish, I made the transition to jujitsu. I'm 30 now. Um, and, uh, bounced around a couple different gyms before I, I ended up with Jeff in 2014 ish, 2015 ish, something like that. And, uh, you know, ended up with Jeff, got my blue belt in, uh, 2017. I was actually looking through some pictures today to try to figure out when that was got my, I'm still a blue belt and, and, uh, and you know, I got it in 2017. I got married in 2018, the end of 2018. I told everybody at the gym when I got married, uh, that I'm taking a year off jujitsu and, and guys, if, if you're getting married and you're in jujitsu, you should take a sabbatical when you get married and learn how to be a good husband because since I did that, my wife saw me do that. She lets me do jujitsu whenever I want to now. Um, so, uh, and she encourages me to do jujitsu, but, uh, so I took a year off a year turned into two years because of COVID. And then I got back in and started training, you know, I've always been a three or four a week kind of guy. I'm not a five, six, seven day a week kind of guy. It's just, you know, I have a job, I have a family. I'm not going to do it more than three or four days a week. And, uh, so that's where my jujitsu level is. And like I said, I, I asked Jeff about it and, and he said, Hey, well, we don't have a morning slot. If you want to teach a morning class two days a week, why don't you teach a morning class? And that's where I started. Yeah, that's, it's really cool. Um, and there is definitely like as, as one of his regular training partners there, I, the reason I brought him on is because he started beating me up. 
if I go that <laughs> he's, far. He's, he started, I started catching him on occasion. Yeah, <laughs> but um, and like I, I showed up to one of the classes. It's a really, it's kind of a terrible, terrible slot for me. It's it was a good class, and uh, I think that uh, your story about taking the sabbatical and like that's very, I think that's very relatable for a lot of people who are white belts, blue belts, because mm-hmm. they'll they'll start. And they'll like obsessively do it because they're they're getting the skill acquisition. It feels mm-hmm. good. You're mm-hmm. you're chasing getting better mm-hmm. at something. It's very novel. Mm-hmm. And then because jujitsu is a very long time period, mm-hmm. life kind of inserts yeah. itself, and then you have to take these breaks. And you're more likely to end up in these like plateaus, especially if you're a, a three or four yeah. a day, uh, three or four days a week kind of person. Um, and yeah, I think that it's a pretty cool thing that you went to teach in yeah. order to break the plateau. Yeah, yeah, and and I wasn't, I I didn't know what I was expecting going into it, right? I, I didn't know if it was going to work. I had a lot of reservations about it, you know, because I'm a blue belt. I mean, I I, I am. I'm a blue belt, and I'm like, man how's this going to look if a bunch of studs roll into my 7 a.m. Tuesday class, which happened and, and I'm a blue belt and I've got a guy who just won absolute division at, at a local Naga tournament and is a college wrestler and, and, you know, is a professional MMA fighter. Like, you know, like there, there, I had a lot of reservations and, and that ended up being one of the things that made me better because when you start, you know, when, when I went into that class, it was like, listen, it's, it, it is, it is the best kind of accountability because, you know, you don't want everybody to see you getting mauled. And, uh, you know, if I'm, if Nick Rodriguez comes into my class, who he's there every Tuesday for the most part, you know, like seven times, eight times out of 10, Nick's going to catch me. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're curious who Nick Rodriguez is, like, look him up. He's a great wrestler, professional MMA fighter. I mean, really, really, really good at jujitsu and wrestling. And and that was one of the first things that I was concerned about was that first day that I had five or six guys come in and I saw Nick roll in. I was like, oh, these guys are about to get, about to watch me get beat up. And and they did. And it wasn't a big deal. I mean, I mean, it, it at the end of the day, it didn't it didn't it, it nobody else cared about it. So, you know, if that's something that, that you have a reservation about, if you're a blue belt, a purple belt, whatever, and you want to run a class listen, you're, you're going to get caught and you will be better for it. Like you're, you're going to get caught and it's not a big deal and you're going to be better for it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Like that it happened your first class, class. you you had to immediately face the thing that you were thinking about. Yeah. And, and, you know, my jujitsu style has always been a little, I don't want to say like lazy, uh, but it's definitely, I, I, I have, my jujitsu is, is, is a slow paced jujitsu and, and it's just, that's how my style, that's, that's the style that I fell into. Um, and, uh, you know, being in a position where I'm rolling with some guys that are, that are trying to get you like really trying to get you because when you're leading, when you're, when you're the one who's, you know, leading the class for lack of ever better term, you know, everybody's going to try to get you now. And I, you, I, it first and foremost, it made me pick up my tenacity. It made, it made me absolutely pick up my tenacity. Whereas, Hey, if I'm just going to lunchtime jujitsu three or four times a week and maybe going to open mat and I'm always around guys that are friends that I'm friendly with that, you know, we're just having a good time. Like maybe I'm not going to turn the dial up as quick 
as I would if like, oh man, this 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 blue belt's trying to maul me, this white belt's trying to maul me, this whoever fill in the blank is trying to maul me. Like you've got you've got to pick up your pace, and and that's one thing it definitely did was it made me change my pace at jujitsu because I needed to, like because that I, that lazy jujitsu that a lot of us kind of fall into, um, and I think a lot of jujitsu practitioners fall into, myself included, is is just that it's kind of lazy yeah i i think that a lot of people that hit intermediate level which is mm -hmm. kind of where i would classify us mm -hmm. when you hit intermediate level you realize that you, you get pretty good at frames mm -hmm. you you get pretty good at like a few moves mm -hmm. that you can just kind of stay safe yeah and then, and then do your do your counter jujitsu your slow jujitsu mm -hmm. right and it's really good to have have things shaken a little bit. yeah abs absolutely abs absolutely absolutely and that's that definitely pushed me a lot and changed and changed me a lot and i'd say the the second thing that really made me step up from my plateau is you know just like everything in life there are perspectives and and you know whatever you're doing sometimes you need to take a step back and see it from a, a different perspective maybe like see it from a third party it would be a better way to put that and you know when you're teaching jujitsu and, and let's say you're teaching you know, a triangle or, or a Kimura sweep or, or whatever you're teaching, it forces you to see it from a different perspective. And when you're teaching it and saying it out loud and actually going through the steps and really taking your time of know how this is how I grab the wrist, I've got my thumb out instead of my thumb in or, or whatever it may be, you learn, you just, just as you're trying to teach that one little nuance, you're reiterating that nuance to yourself. And I, I've noticed a big change in that where the little things that maybe I won't say I was thrown out the window, but I certainly wasn't paying the attention to that they deserved were are, are start were and are starting to to be much bigger in my jujitsu. Like I'm really paying paying attention to the nuances. So when you're when you're teaching jujitsu, how much do you rely on doing conceptual teaching? versus um, step-by-step technical teaching? Yeah, I think I do a lot of step-by-step -step stuff. I'm not, I, I think there's a, a time, I mean, again, I'm not the, the end-all be-all for, 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 I'm not the end-all be-all to like, this is the way it should or shouldn't be done. Again, I'm, I'm very new to this. Um, but for me, like, I'm going to take two or three weeks and we're going to work on one thing or, or one series of things. Right. Uh, and, and it's usually going to be like, we'll do a, a guard pass to uh, a guard pass to side control to, you know, a darts choke or, or whatever we're doing. And, and we'll work into that over a couple of weeks. And I think that the conceptual side of it is I really want to make sure as people are, and I, and I try to tell people like, Hey, try to catch this while we're rolling and play with it. Like, play with it it's not it's not black or white it's it's a shade of gray and you're gonna have to figure out that you know maybe this grip doesn't do best for me maybe it's you know maybe i'm better with a gable grip as opposed to x y or z you know that's the, so i think there's room for both but uh maybe when i get to a high level higher level i could see myself working more on conceptual things but i, I just don't think i have the authority for lack of a better term to uh to guide I don't know, Concept. man. You, you can you could tell someone to put your their chest on the person's back and center things. I was just I was just curious. Do you think that doing the step by step breakdowns is more helpful for people that are white belts? Like, because because yeah. you're you're 
you're teaching a, a mixed level class, right? right? Yeah. Uh, but I think that there's a pretty decent contingent of people that are white belts, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that the people who are listening might be people that are considering potentially walking down the teaching jujitsu path because I mean that's what that's what we're gonna label it as. Yeah. Right. right? So like why why you should do it, how to do it effectively. Yeah. Like how do you teach a fundamental class? And the class that I went to, it felt like a really strong fundamental class. Yeah, that's that, that and that that's what I want to teach because I, I don't feel like I'm equipped to teach much beyond that. Um, you know, can I do things that aren't fundamental? And do I do things that are not fundamental on a regular basis? Absolutely, but but I don't know that I'm equipped to to go out there into those deep waters. Uh, is for, well, it, let me rephrase that. I don't think I'm equipped to take people out into those deep waters. Um, so, you know, what I would say when, when I, when I did this, I sat down with Jeff, you know, a week before my first class and I said, Hey, here's what I'm thinking about doing. Uh, what would you add to this, take away from this or, uh, you know, what, what do you think of this? And we, when we went through it together and, you know, so if you're, so if you're at your jujitsu gym and, and you're and you're picking up a morning class or whatever you're doing, you know, sit down with the, with the owner, with the black belt, the professor, and, and, you know, say, this is what I'm thinking about doing. This is my, this is my curriculum for lack of a better term for the first few classes. What would you add or subtract to this? And I think the first class I did was a uh, leg drag was the first, the first couple weeks. It was fundamental leg, leg drag. Let's find out where everybody is. Let me roll with everybody let's get some good fundamentals together and let me kind of learn some people's learning styles because some people need to see it. Some people need to hear it and some people need to do it. And, and let's figure out who we're working with and uh, then go from there. You know, the first, first week or two, like I said, was a, a leg drag to side control to back take, which is, is fundamental. And then from there, I think we probably went to like a triangle joker Dars and you know, that's it. So like you, you mentioned the different ways that people learn. What, what kind of breakdown do you think that is? Like how many people need to see it a bunch? How many people need to hear it? Cause and the feel it, right? Like, cause for me, if I don't understand the concept of what I'm doing, like yeah. that's, why, that's why I keep being like conceptual or yeah. step by step. It's because for me, I have a lot of trouble understanding how to do moves effectively if I don't get like the concept of what we're trying to do. Yeah, no, I, I don't know what the breakdown is. I mean, I'm sure it's not 30, 33, 33, 33, you know, but, but, uh, I will put that in the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Personally, I tend to be the same way is if, if I'm, if I'm being taught a technique, I need to, I, I if, if, if I had to put down the perfect scenario for me to learn something, it would be like Jeff comes in and says, Hey, we're doing, Kamora sweeps and then I see him do a Kamora sweep a few times and I catch the gist of it and then like we 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 train we we're partners together a lot at these classes and you'll notice a lot of times when we're doing it I, I sit down and I'll, I'll I'll try to get you to do it to me first and that's something that's really that that helps me learn is that if you do it to me like I, I don't know why but for some reason if I feel if I feel the setup and everything from the the opposite perspective uh, it it reinforces it to me somehow. I don't know. Maybe I'm like stupid or something. But, but <laughs> you're, you're uh, not stupid. But, not, not for that reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, but but that's that's the way I like to learn. And you know, I don't know how it breaks down though. 
I don't know how it breaks down. I think that, you know, if I had to, I think the higher level you get, or at least the higher level, that I, the, the higher the level the person is in the class that I teach, the more conceptual it is to them. And I'm okay with that. I like that. And, and I would say the lower level is when you need to be like, no, we don't do this because X, Y, Z. Like, you know, you, you have to learn the rules before you break the rules as a kind of thing. So, Cool. So, like, if, if you were to tell somebody who's considering starting teaching their first class, do you have, like, a, a set of, like, this, these are what you should choose based on you know, their, their skill. Do you think that it always needs to start with like, this is a fundamental guard retention or this is a fundamental, like, Mm -hmm. like the, the arm bar triangle omoplata things, things like that. The, the basics, do you think that you should be teaching something that you prefer? Like first class, just let's, let's, how do we get, how do we get over our nerves? Because it's nerve wracking. That's part of the reason why, uh, like instead of uh, starting teaching adults, I was like, you know, you know what? I'll just help with the kids' programs. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, and, that, and that's a, and that's a viable thing. Yeah. Like that is a that 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 it like it's not a zero sum game. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that definitely it doesn't have to be an adults class. I mean, it, it doesn't. Um, you know, before I started teaching jiu-jitsu and got involved in jiu-jitsu when I was a high schooler who who had kickbox at a gym in Kings Mountain for a while. I mean, I was teaching kids and and I learned a lot from that. So so it's it's a viable thing. Uh, I, what I did was I sat down with a pen and paper cause I'm a pen and paper guy. I like, I like to write. And I said, what are, what I look, another thing that, that makes you get over your plateau is you look at yourself and I looked at myself and said, what are my three best techniques? What are my, th- what are my three best techniques? And, and for me, it came down to, uh, it, it came down to a leg drag, got a leg drag a lot. It was a leg drag triangle choke and a uh, Dars choke. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. if, you, if you don't put Dars, I'm going to throw something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because those are my those are my highest percentage techniques. Yeah. Those have been my highest percentage techniques for a long time. It's what I'm really comfortable with, and I know it. Like, I can, like, like I know those three things. I could argue, I can make a very valid argument that those might be the only three things in jiu-jitsu that I'm, like, good at. And so... I, uh, I took that and I said, I took those three techniques and I was like, which one can I most accurately convey and which one is the easiest of the three? And I came out, I came out with leg drag. So, uh, if your best technique is like an inside heel hook, you probably shouldn't teach that <laughs> or an outside heel hook. You know, I love heel hooks. I mean, but, but you probably shouldn't start out with that, you know, because next thing you know, your first, your first class that you're teaching, somebody just knee gets exploded. Wow. And, and then, you know, there's no recovering from that. So, <laughs> so, so you taught kids before I did. I did. So I did. what, what do you think the difference is for you, uh, between teaching kids and teaching adult beginners? Uh, I think kids learn easier. I think, uh, and there's no ego, there's less ego. So those are, those are the two things. And uh, adults don't usually have their parents there, which is a, a plus. Which That's is a plus. definitely That's one plus. of the reasons I stopped yeah. teaching kids. I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 I taught kids. I mean, I got into martial arts when I was five. 
mm-hmm. you know, I got beat up at like a, a Wendy's ball, uh, at like a Wendy's uh, ball pit when I was like five. I don't even remember it, but I came home and my dad was like, you're not be- getting beat up again. And he put me into a, a martial arts school in Kings Mountain called Ink School Self-Defense. And it was just a dirty kickboxing school, man. And like when I said like dirty, like dirty boxing with a few kicks. And uh, then I wanted to play football when I was like seven or eight. And my mom was like, nope, that's too dangerous. You should like kickbox. Like you should go to kickboxing tournaments, you know, <laughs> which yeah. makes a lot of sense, right? I, I actually, I, I think that kickboxing is probably safer than football, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so, so, <laughs> but probably, probably so. Who knows? But, uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, I got into that. I, I got a black belt from them when I was in high school, and I taught them. And, and you know, up until a couple years ago, I was, uh, you know, one of, you know, I was at this school for. 10, 15 years. And so, so one of the owners became a very close mentor of mine and he, and he still is. And, uh, you know, I would help him out when he needed help and stuff. And, and so I, I taught kids and I taught some adults there, but, uh, yeah, one of the reasons I stopped teaching kids was because kids' parents were just getting. Yeah. If, if they're, much. if they're allowed to, to sit and observe, mm-hmm. um, closely, it's, it can get pretty tough because yeah. they most of the time the parents will not have any context for what's actually happening. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's that's it's very very apparent in jujitsu too. Absolutely. Because how how much overlap from your life experience do you have as a normal person getting into jujitsu? Have you ever been touched that way? <laughs> like, yeah. No. You, exactly. Like, exactly. It's 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 very. Uh, if you don't know it, it, it's it's weird, and and it's the same thing for you know a lot of stuff. Like I, I remember, I, I got to a point where I was having problems. Like, you know, a kid gets body kicked, which you know happens. It standard. happens, and I mean it's standard, and the wing gets knocked out of him. And I'm like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. you're ten years older than me. You should know your kid's not dying. Like he got the breath knocked out of him. Just give me a minute, and please get off the mat with shoes on. Like you know, yeah. you know. So, uh, so, so that's that's the. I would say that's probably the only downside to teaching kids because you learn a lot teaching kids because they ask peculiar questions, and yeah. some of those really peculiar questions. Like it may be two or three days later, and she's like, you know what? Maybe there's a point there. Maybe maybe there is a maybe there is a point there, and it didn't have and 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 maybe you know, he shouldn't have brought T- Tyrannosaurus Rex into it. But you know, like maybe maybe there is a point there. You know, exactly, exactly. You can't so, bar me. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so no, I, I I definitely think there is a lot of overlap there. Yeah. What? Yeah, I I find the that teaching kids has been. Super fun and valuable, yeah. but we also have a different environment at our gym where uh, very much so. the, the, the kids are tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, generally speaking, the parents kind of let the coaches do what they're yeah. doing. Um, and then they're, they're the, if they're, the kids are really young, they're, they're nearby, but yeah. they're not like right there most of the time. Yeah. And uh, it would be very different if they, were, they felt like they could walk onto the mats. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like we, we even have like a cage, a cage. around God, that. what I would have done for that 10 years ago <laughs> when I was, when I was teaching kids regularly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, our Jeff Chase and, um, uh, Jeff, Jeff Chase and Joe have done a really, really, really exceptional and phenomenal job of, of stewarding a really good atmosphere there. Like the, they, I think they've got the best of both worlds you know, as far as like competitiveness, a really friendly atmosphere and, you know, 
enough creativity with enough rules, and that that's a hard osmosis to hit. And I it's think very they've done difficult. it. I think they've done it. Yeah. yeah, it's very. It's I've I've never been anywhere mm-hmm. that mixes it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, would you say that it's easier for somebody to step onto the mats to teach kids first? In jujitsu, I would say adults. In I would say, adults. You would say adults. Just and 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 just because, like, if you've got a Twenty-two-year-old, and you say you need to move your left foot here. They know which one's their left foot, <laughs> and they know how to move it there. And and that's what why I would say because I mean just just because a six-year-old doesn't know doesn't know how to move his body as well or her body as well, and it's just it just is the way it is, you know. So I would say I think it's easier to to um yeah I think it's easier to teach adults. Yeah, I I find that. Because I've led a, a couple of adults classes, I've never mm-hmm. taken a slot, um, but I think that I, it probably depends on your personality. Like mm-hmm. if you're somebody who really adores kids, then maybe you could do that. But you you also have to have different expectations for them. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, you have to say things like move your inside foot instead of left foot. Yeah. And, and you, even then, you may still get them to look at you and be like, "Which we're inside now, like you know, you know, we're inside now." So, so, so you don't know. I mean, it's kind of a wild card. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually found that um, when I was when I started teaching the kids, I started learning a lot more creative jujitsu. Yeah, like they just they have no, they're not like, oh, I, I can't do that. They're they're just like. Mm-mm. I'm like, oh, Jesus, yeah. you yeah. could do that. Yeah. Like, I learned a lot about taking backs from watching my gangly kid do it when yeah. he was four or five years oh, yeah. old. Oh, yeah. And it was super fun. <laughs> and also the other thing you kind of have to worry about with kids is like, okay, so you teach them a Kimura from side control. Well, some kids, because they're kids and they have this crazy flexibility that they're going to lose in 10 years, like they see one kid not tap to a Kimura because – he can do whatever he wants to with his arm and they're like, Oh, it doesn't work, you know? And then like, and then you got to deal with that. So, you know, just because I think there's a lot more wild cards in jujitsu than there are with everything with, with other things. uh, That's why I would say kids are maybe a little bit more difficult, a little more challenging. I kind of like the idea when you're teaching kids to gamify everything. Mm -hmm. We, we had this, uh, we had this like small class where it was just, it was just me and Carrie on the mats with like, Mm -hmm three or four kids mm-hmm. and we got the best wrestling and jujitsu we've ever seen out of these kids by like being like okay um you guys you must touch each other's feet yeah and then touches. and it's and it was just i was like what where how come these kids now look like they're like real wrestlers what yeah what's going on believe it or not you can do the same thing with adults yeah, I you can do that. you can do the same. Now, when I was teaching this kickboxing gym, you know, a few years ago, while I was kind of starting to phase out more, um, I was doing way more jujitsu than I was kickboxing, and for a lot of different reasons. But uh, you know, I started trying to teach them some jujitsu and teach them some wrestling and stuff. And I tried to teach them some wrestling stuff, and I was looking at them, and I was like, "These, this is terrible." It's like, and, and, and if any of y'all are watching, like, I love you guys, but I was like, this is absolutely terrible. And so, and then I remember toe touches or foot touches, whatever you want to call them. And I was like, here's the new thing. 
you're going to try to touch your partner's foot. And after a couple sessions of that, I was like, man, these guys actually look like they wrestled for a year in high school, maybe, or middle school or something like that. Like it's so, so yeah, you can totally gamify it. It (laughs) went from a bunch of guys like trying to wrestle standing up like they're kickboxing to a a group of people that were actually, you know, in somewhat of a wrestling position and and moving somewhat like they're grappling, you know, or, or going to grapple. So. Yeah, so um, let's uh, let's bring it back to the how um, how to handle some of the odd situations that might come up when you're first starting leading a, a class. Um, what do you do when you're just out of your depth? You don't you don't know the answer yeah. to what you're being that's, asked. That's a great question. Don't fake it. That's the first thing you do because as soon as you start trying to be like, well, you know, I know this and that and it's X, Y, Z and you don't, people can sense that. You, whether they know you're right or wrong, they can sense that. And, you know, I'll give you a case in point. One of the probably second or third week, I'm doing a, a, a sweep from uh, De La Hiva, uh, which is uh, one of my favorite sweeps from, you know, if somebody's standing up and you're on your back and uh, somebody asked me, uh, when you sweep the back foot, do you hook the ankle or do you hook the knee? Right. So, so you've got them here, you've got, you know, you're grabbing this hand, you're sweeping the far foot. And I was like, you know, I told him, I said, I'll be honest with you. I don't really know. I said, you know, I think either one could work. I said, I would tend to think that you're better off sweeping the knee. And if I'm doing it, I'm probably, I'm hooking that knee. Like I'm, I'm hooking the knee and pulling it forward. And, and I, you know, I said, but I tell you what, we're, you'll be here Thursday. I can find out between now and then. Now, I will say I was right. You you know, I talked to Jeff, and Jeff said, no, yeah, you know, a lot of people teach it sweeping the foot, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you've got an athletic person, they're just going to jump over your leg, you know. So, so you know, I told him, I said, hey, talk to Jeff. He said, go for the knee. Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of people, somebody's going to have a lot of respect for you, for one, showing some humility, and two, for, uh, you know, seeking the answers. Now, the other thing I'll say is if you say you're going to have an answer for them Thursday, you got to have an answer for them Thursday. Whether they remember it or not, you have to do it. And uh, so that's what I'd say. Just stay humble. Don't lie. And, and seek out the answer. And, and I think you'd be surprised how much respect someone would have for, have for you for that. Yeah, people really respect authenticity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, and being, you could say, this is what I prefer, and I'll look into it. I yeah. think that, I think this, but I don't have a 100% yeah. answer. And I really appreciate it when people do that. Like sometimes it's a, a purple belt, a brown belt, sometimes mm-hmm. a black belt. I remember there were there were a couple of black belts that did that kind of thing when I was in when I was training in Massachusetts. Right. They'd just be like, "I don't have the answer to that," and I was like, "Bravo!" Yeah, like absolutely. you're supposed to have all the answers according to this mystical belt system, mm-hmm. and being being the right kind of person to just slow it down give it a little bit of thought and come up with the answer that you don't know and finding them the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, but that's a, that can be said about all aspects of life though. I think, I I mean, I, I, that's a, that's an aspect I think that you can, you should have in your entire life, you know, don't lie. I mean, it's just, it's just a, it's just an extension of being a good person. Yes. It's it's a form of integrity. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, I'm my thesaurus over here. <laughs> but you're a thesaurus. 
Well, next time I'll just have a thesaurus right yeah. here and I'll prop it open and we'll just flip through it. It's there's going to be a lot of silent space with like page <laughs> turning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't. I think that we pretty much well covered most of this. Do you have any like closing thoughts? Yeah, I'll just go back to what I said at the beginning. Is is if jujitsu is going to be from my perspective, if jujitsu is going to be a lifelong journey and, and for me it is, if it's not for you, that's completely okay. But for me it is. And, uh, then, then there's going to be a point in time in this journey where you're teaching and you're probably going to be equipped to teach the fundamentals and stuff and two or three things that you know really well before you're comfortable. And, and so, so step out on it, talk to your black, talk to your, you know, coach, black belt professor, whatever you want to call him, talk to him about it and see if it's a good fit and and take and run with it worst case scenario is you know you teach for a few weeks and you're like hey this isn't this isn't me the second thing i did with jeff that i didn't say is that you know i sat down with jeff ahead of time and i said hey just so we're clear i want to lay out some expectations from you and from me this is what i expect to do what do you expect me to do? Let's make sure our expectations are, are on par with one another and let's put a time limit to it. And for me, it was, uh, I think it was six weeks or two months. I said, I want to do this for at least two months and then let's decide if we're going to keep doing it or not. And, you know, after the two months was up, we were like, this is going great for, I'm really enjoying it. You know, I think the people here are really enjoying it. Um, and, and we kept on doing it. So just, you know, go out and try it. I mean, it's, there's not, there, I, I, I just don't see many bad aspects of it. I, I don't see, I, I don't see many downsides. Yeah. And like, if you're somebody who's like anxious about it, God, it's going to really help you grow. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like, like there's a, Absolutely. there's a bunch of other considerations beyond becoming better at jujitsu, mm -hmm. like facing it's, it's almost like public speaking, but yeah. also with your body. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So you have a lot of opportunity for growth both on and off the mats by doing something yeah. like this. And it's going to really, it's going to up-level you yeah, as absolutely. a person and on the mats. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, thank you for joining me thank on the you. podcast and uh, we will see you guys next time.